At Baptist Health, it's our mission to care for you when you're injured or sick and help you stay healthy and fit. Welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast, where our respected experts bring you timely, practical health and wellness information to improve your family's quality of life. Pregnancy brings with it many changes to a woman's body, physically and hormonally. Many of these changes can present with symptoms or signs that may raise concerns of underlying cardiac conditions. Additionally, many women who do have certain medical conditions may have a worsening of issues with the pregnancy, which involves their cardiovascular system. Often, doctors are not fully aware of the cardiac issues a pregnant woman may have, leading to a subspecialty around cardiac obstetrics. Here to discuss some of these situations and how they should be approached by the medical provider is Dr. Lisa Forbes. Dr. Forbes is joining Baptist Heart and Vascular, Miami Cardiac and Vascular Institute, and leading the Adult Congenital Heart Disease Program and its cardiac OB department. And I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Fialco, Chief Population Health Officer for Baptist Health. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa. Thank you. Glad to be here. So let's jump right into some of the uh, more common things we see regarding um, um, women with pregnancies that might lead them to see a cardiologist. Where, what, you know, we talked prior to the podcast, we'll separate it by conditions that women may experience due to the pregnancy that they think or might be involved cardiac, things that might increase the risk uh, of cardiac conditions in a woman and what really happens uh, during pregnancy. And of course, what kind of medical conditions will make a pregnancy higher risk? So starting with the first one, what are the, what are the more common complaints a woman may have during their pregnancy that might lead to uh, cardiac concerns? Well, that's always a tricky question because a lot of the time women write things off as, oh, this is probably normal for pregnancy. And those are symptoms that include heart racing, palpitations. A woman might feel a little more short of breath when she's climbing up the stairs. Maybe her ankles have gotten a little swollen. Chest pain would certainly be one that's concerning and a little more atypical, but even some of the hormone changes on the the sternum, the breastbone, can cause some some funny chest pain. So that's, I think, one of the key things is it's really important for women to report these symptoms and let her providers try to figure out, is it something concerning? Um, And of course, women with pre-existing heart conditions um, should certainly see someone prior to even trying to get pregnant to make sure it's safe to go ahead. Yeah. So I do like. I'm sorry. Go ahead. One symptom I do like to uh, highlight uh, again something that can be woman notice she's short of breath when she lays down to go to sleep, particularly early in pregnancy before there's very much weight gain. That would be certainly a sign that there's something going on with the heart. So, so, so we'll get we'll we'll get to the more concerning symptoms, but the the ones you mentioned, palpitations, a little swelling in the ankles, some shortness of breath over the course of the pregnancy, they are more commonly, uh, we'll say, normal associated with the pregnancy than otherwise. Is that fair to say? It, it can be right because the woman's blood volume, right, is mm-hmm. has increased. The heart is working overtime during pregnancy, right? The heart has to pump more blood with every heartbeat. It's, there's a growing placenta and a growing fetus. So there are cardiovascular changes that start to occur very early in pregnancy or in the first trimester um, and continue throughout pregnancy. Another so, one, so heart rate actually does increase throughout pregnancy. Blood pressure should actually drop a bit. Um, but certainly most of the complications we see are 
are related to high blood pressure and hypertensive complications with pregnancy. So, so many of those symptoms we described will be easily managed by, uh, you know, the, 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 the woman's provider, whether it be primary care or an obstetrician. Um, you started mentioning some components. So what would be the symptoms that, and, and again, a pregnant woman should always articulate those symptoms to their doctor and their provider. Um, so now let's get into what are the ones which, again, from your experience would say, hey, uh, you know, maybe you want to get your, your cardiac status checked out. For example, when a patient's referred to you who's pregnant with cardiac symptoms, what are the symptoms that make you say, I'm glad they referred you as opposed to, hey, this is a little bit of something that just requires reassurance because it's relatively uh, expected pregnancy. What are those the, the, the symptoms that would be more um, suggestive of the need for a further evaluation? Well, if the heart is racing or the palpitations are constant, they don't go away, that certainly is not normal. You know, you may feel your heart race a bit when you're climbing up the stairs and then it comes back down. Um, but certainly persistent abnormal heart rate would be one concern. And uh, certainly for a woman who's very active, if she says, boy, I can't do my one flight of stairs at home without having to stop and rest for a minute, that would certainly be a very dramatic change. You know, things that happen uh, a little more gradually in someone who's been perfectly healthy and it's the eighth or ninth month of pregnancy and it's a little harder to climb a flight of stairs, that certainly could be normal. But again, we would rather see more women who have just normal symptoms of pregnancy, right, than, than miss the ones right. who do really have a heart condition for sure. We'd much, we'd much rather provide reassurance than actual uh, having to do workups and, and treatments. So with those particular conditions, um, con persistent rapid heart rate, not necessarily exertional or change of position, and or let's say that, that drastic change in breathing, how, when the woman sees you, what do you go through in the evaluation uh, to address those complaints? Well, certainly I want to know their history, right? If they have mm -hmm. congenital heart disease or known uh, a valve problem, that, then I certainly want to know the details of that condition. Certainly we're checking their heart rate and their blood pressure certainly a, an electrocardiogram, a physical exam, listening with the stethoscope to the heart and lungs. And then pretty standard that we could would want to get an echocardiogram, which is an ultrasound mm -hmm. of the heart to look at the structure and function to see the, what's going on with the heart. Because we, we can get a lot of information from just a simple ultrasound of the heart uh, in the office. Which should be noted, the ultrasound has no radiation, so there's no danger to the... The, the fetus or the pregnant woman, right? Right. And then yeah. I guess blood work, right? I talked about the changes in the blood, right? So we can see anemia that in most women is, is pretty mild, but sometimes it's more severe. If a woman is anemic to begin with, that alone could make the heart work a lot harder. We look at thyroid function. Um, if someone has, again, uh, some other medical conditions, maybe chronic kidney disease or diabetes, those can all be issues we need to be paying attention to. And, and hopefully those women with chronic medical conditions are seeing a maternal fetal medicine specialist. And of course, with chronic medical conditions, we want them again to have a comprehensive evaluation prior to pregnancy. So for the, for the, the more common mild symptoms, reassurance, normally again, uh, uh, common in pregnancy, for those that might have more severe symptoms, you mentioned hypertension as an issue. When you're talking about fast heart rates, we're talking about certain arrhythmias and stuff. When a pregnant woman has a medical condition, and, and let's presume it's not a life-threatening one, we'll, we'll get into the complex conditions in a sec. Um, what's different about how we approach the pregnant woman 
than say a person who's not pregnant who has those medical conditions? Are there specific considerations which is involved in the expertise around, we'll say, a cardiac obstetrician? Oh, absolutely, right? Because we're looking at the life and wellness of the mother as well as the developing fetus. So there are certain medications we cannot use. Um, so certainly the, the medicines we choose uh, are critical here. We don't want to do anything that can endanger the life or formation uh, of the fetus. And, but we do have lots of cardiac medications that we use and we have been using for years, particularly, you know, for high blood pressure. Um, so that that's certainly, we, and we don't need to run blood pressure super low. We let, tend to let it run a little bit higher during pregnancy if, if mm-hmm. for women with high blood pressure. But yes, there's absolutely conditions that we need to be aware of. And also, again, work with our colleagues in maternal fetal medicine. And there should be mon- close monitoring of the fetus. Right. So we're balancing risks for mom and for fetus. And those are all things we talk about in the office. You know, I may start someone on a medication that, yes, we know is safe, but have can have some effects on the fetus, like it may be a little bit smaller than it would be if we didn't use certain medications. But so, so yeah, I, I, the things we I talk about. I think that's really important information. And again, similar to the original comments around the milder symptoms, reassuring. But we've seen a lot of women with pregnancy, they don't want to take any medications no matter what. Um, and again, we should have a bias to avoid medications when appropriate, but the medications that can be used for these conditions have been well-established over many decades and are deemed um, um, safe. So it shouldn't be a matter of living with certain medical conditions uh, and tolerating them when they, can be, when they can be improved. And I guess, again, that's part of your conversation and your personalized approach you would take with the pregnant woman. Um, yes, and that brings up one issue for those who are on medications, right, and they find out they're pregnant and they call the office. There are certain ones, yes. We just have to stop, and then we'll see if we need to add something else or, or make other adjustments. So work you know, both ways. But yes, uh, that is true. There are a lot of women very anxious about starting any medication, and we, we have a growing body of evidence that we can take people with chronic medical conditions through pregnancy. As you mentioned, we have learned over the last several decades that how to take care of women to decrease the risk. Of course, we can't eliminate the risk, but to decrease the risks, and that really entails early prenatal care and continuous prenatal and postpartum care. You know, I think that's a great point, and I always wonder, uh, you know, very careful when I have a woman of childbearing age and I put them on any medications to be very specific about if you're going to get pregnant, this is a medication you might want to stop in advance, or as soon as you get pregnant, stop it, or it can be continued and stuff. And I always wonder how prevalent that is in medical care, because again, most medications, we do have uh, indications regarding pregnancy. Um, so I think that's a good point as well, not just starting medications, but stopping medications when pregnancy is either being considered or occurs. So, so let's get into the more of the um, uh, both preventive uh, and more of the assessment of the higher high risk person. So what are the medical conditions that a, a woman may have which can increase the risk, we'll say, of issues or complications during pregnancy, whether it be hypertension or something more uh, more extreme. So yes, as you mentioned, certainly high blood pressure, that's probably the one uh, of most importance, but we do know that anybody with diabetes is at increased risk for cardiovascular complications during pregnancy and certainly at a higher risk in their lifetime in general. 
Um, particularly, we have women over the age of 35, you know, much more commonly than 20, 30 years ago mm-hmm. who are getting mm-hmm. pregnant. So advanced age um, is a risk as well as our obesity epidemic. So obesity is certainly a, a risk factor wow. for heart disease. Um, and we do know women who have any kind of history of stroke or blood clotting disorder um, or family history of blood clotting disorder, something important to make providers aware of because pregnancy is a state that we think of makes people prone to blood clots. Um, and do, you, do you recommend women with those conditions be followed or co-managed with the uh, obstetrician with a cardiologist who specializes in this, or it's more waiting for them to develop um, an indication? And I'm asking that really blindly and ignorantly. What's, what would be your, you know, your best practice type of sensibility? You know, if, if a woman's hypertensive on two or three medications, let's say obese, diabetic, and get pregnant, would we want to wait for the blood pressure to get out of control or some problems to happen? Or would you suggest they get co-managed and monitored by someone with your expertise? I, well, of course, I do think that those patients, certainly an obese diabetic um, with hypertension should be followed by a cardiologist. Again, if someone is doing absolutely fine, um, I may see them once a trimester, but, um, you know, we may need to to adjust their medications more frequently, um, and certainly they should be seen with a high-risk obstetrician as well. Now, now, combining your uh, other area of expertise around adult congenital heart disease, um, you know, uh, people with congenital heart problems who survive and live into adulthood, and then overlapping with a little bit of this uh, discipline, um, what are the, let's say, less common than what we were discussing, but more prevalent, say, structural or cardiac issues where pregnancy would be considered high risk for the mother and would need to be either avoided and or uh, followed very closely by someone with your expertise? Well, certainly there are patients who have problems with, you know, a bicuspid aortic valve with aortic stenosis, right? So that would mm-hmm. be an abnormal aortic valve that is blocked. That can be quite serious if the blockage is significant prior to pregnancy. Um, so things that, uh, what else, coarctation of the aorta, a narrowing or a pinching mm-hmm. of the major blood vessel that leaves the heart if it's not been repaired adequately could be an issue with pregnancy. But the rule of thumb is pretty much anybody who had any congenital heart disease diagnosis should have an evaluation by an adult congenital cardiologist, you know, prior to planning pregnancy. So the simple things maybe that have been completely repaired and have no residual defects, like an atrial septal defect or a patent ductus, those those are easy. I can see them and say, you know, you're good to go. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of them, we really want to see them. Tetralogy of Fallot is the most common form of blue baby or cyanotic heart disease. And many women do fine through pregnancy, but the biggest risk in someone who's got a good looking tetralogy repair would be actually heart rhythm issues. And those can mm-hmm. come on in the second trimester. So we really want to be seeing all those congenital patients. Um, I usually tell them, you know, if I've done their preconception visit and I say you're good to go, you don't need any heart cap or heart surgery or new medicine, then I say, well, just check in with me near the end of the first trimester. Everything looks good. And then we go from there. And then the reality is to have 
you having made an assessment when we'll say there's nothing acutely wrong, it's an established relationship. So if something were to happen, the pregnant woman and maybe the obstetrician wouldn't be started from scratch to say, oh my God, I need to get someone to see you and stuff. So I do think there's a secondary level of not just the medical evaluation, but having the established relationship in case something were to come up. Um, so again, I, I'm a big advocate of having uh, someone with your experience and resource as a resource for uh, women with previous histories of cardiac issues at risk for cardiac issues. And of course, with those potential signs and symptoms that might suggest the cardiac issue with the pregnancy. So uh, again, very helpful. Um, last question, because um, you've taken us through a lot of information in a very short amount of time through, we'll say the uh, the, the pre-pregnancy period, the early stage of pregnancy, and, and then the later stage of pregnancy. What about a postpartum period? Are there any particular medical issues from a cardiovascular standpoint that would uh, increase a risk of something in the postpartum period? Or once the baby's delivered, pretty much the stresses on the cardiovascular system resolve and it's not really something you, you generally are concerned with? Excellent question because, of, yes, we are very worried about the postpartum period in many of our more complex patients. Um, well, particularly if someone develops peripartum cardiomyopathy, that's actually something that is diagnosed yeah. in the last month of pregnancy or the first five months after pregnancy. So, again, the, people can write symptoms off after pregnancy. You're dealing with a newborn baby. Oh, you're tired. Right, being fatigued is such a nonspecific symptom, but certainly for an older woman who had high blood pressure or preeclampsia or eclampsia, feeling really excessive fatigue could be a sign that there is something going on with the heart. So it's really important for women to come for that postpartum checkup with their OP, report their symptoms, and certainly if they have a cardiologist, come check in with them as well. That's pretty much routine for me. It depends on how labor and delivery go. You know, so I sometimes will see them back that first week when they're going back to see their obstetrician. Um, but sometimes I may say, oh, you did great. Come back and see me in six weeks or before you want to go back to work. So it's really a case-by-case -case basis. But yes, excellent. We do worry there's a lot of changes that go on. So especially if a woman has a lot of bleeding, you know, they may have a lot of trouble with heart failure after um, delivery. There's always risk, again, of the clotting issues, strokes we can see, and even sudden death. So, yes, postpartum period is certainly a stressful time as well. So absolutely be attentive to your symptoms. Um, pregnancy does cause a woman to have feeling things they've never felt before um, and uh, being able to have some with your expertise to be able to help define what is uh, considered a uh, say routine, acceptable, and what might warrant further evaluation to prevent the significant uh, uh, you know, complications is, is, is uh, worthwhile. And again, we're very lucky to have you uh, with your expertise joining us in the uh, Miami Cardiac Institute family. Um, this has been great information. Any final comments or anything we missed that you want to bring up to the, uh, to the listeners? Sure. Um, one thing we didn't talk about actually was labor and delivery, right? So oh, yeah, please. Let's, not sure if I said it, but I think, um, you know, pregnancy is the ultimate stress test for a woman, and certainly for someone with pre-existing heart disease or, or other met chronic medical conditions. So mm -hmm. um, labor and delivery takes planning, multidisciplinary care. Um, and I do like to mention that we really try to avoid C-section for heart reasons, for most things, it's pretty rare that we, we mandate a C-section. Um, so hope, 
hopefully that reassures some women, but sometimes it's such a complicated situation. We really need to to go ahead with a C-section, but obviously we do a lot of them for reasons for obstetric indications. And I guess the other thing I just want to um, reiterate is that really preconception counseling is really important, right? So as I said, we have a lot of older women with medical conditions, including heart disease. Um, Our obesity epidemic puts a lot of women at risk as well. And so planning pregnancy and having a cardiac evaluation prior to pregnancy is really important. And then plan for continuous monitoring throughout pregnancy. Fortunately, as you know, access to care is an issue we have to, you know, talk about in this country. There's a lot of people that don't get the adequate prenatal and, as you brought up, postpartum care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, not something we'll certainly solve with this podcast, but certainly making the uh, the efforts towards awareness should should certainly help avoid, uh, we'll say, avoid avoidable types of uh, complications uh, with the pregnancy. And as you mentioned, it's the uh, the health and safety of the mother and the developing fetus and subsequent child that are of paramount importance. Um, and I think that's uh, very uh, well articulated by your comments. Uh, well, again, thank you very much, Lisa, for your time. And, and, and again, bringing your expertise and passion to this area, to, uh, to our community and to our, our health system and to our uh, cardiovascular uh, service uh, group. Um, and to our listeners, um, if you like what you've heard on this or any of our other podcasts, please be sure to tell a friend or a family member about us. If you have a comment or suggestion for a future topic, please email us at baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. That's baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks for listening. Find additional valuable health and wellness information on our resource blog at baptisthealth.net slash news. And be sure to interact with us on our social media channels for live and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by Baptist Health, the warmer side of care.